What are you listening to? Hole in the wall. You gotta hear this. It'll change your life, I swear. Think you could have? Maybe listen yeah, while I think you could? I can handle it. Yeah. Okay. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Whatever happens, happens. Wait! Who are you? It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. Yo, bro! Where are you from? London. 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 London? Yes, London. You know, fish, chips, cup of tea, bad food, worse weather, Mary fucking Poppins, London. Hi there, you and I listen to the Hole in the Wall podcast, hosted by your host with the most useless knowledge to boast, where we discuss all manner of things from popular culture, ranging from movies to TV to anime, and on the rare occasions we do talk comics and music. And yeah, my name is... LeBron James? No, no, still not right. <laughs> Gosh, just... It's not happening. My name is Shah Jahan Ali, my friends call me Shah, and yeah, you are listening to the Hole in the Wall. And yeah, this is the fourth, fourth, Jesus, fourth episode of the show. And yeah, thank you so much for coming back. And hi to any new listeners. Hopefully you stick around to witness the most shambolic podcasting ever, ever in the history. I'm telling you right now, it's <laughs> it's quite torturous. I mean, you get to listen to me slander Eminem and yes Eminem slander will forever continue and flourish on this podcast until he discovers an actual flow that's at least on par with his old one or just in general good because wow (laughs) I've heard some terrible Eminem stuff recently I mean there was that time where he said and I quote your booty is heavy duty like diarrhea Rap God, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I still remember the time I said I don't like the song Lose Yourself by Eminem and the amount of <laughs> people that lost their minds. Listen, I like the song. Well, I used to like the song until I realised that if you play that song, white guys will be rapping every <laughs> every word of that from the beginning to the end and it's it's just it's just excruciating like it it kills your soul it kills your soul i'm not gonna lie i think it's just because eminem fans make me dislike eminem so much it's it's just basically that there's no other reason i feel like when you when you <laughs> when you hear people be like yeah my top five dead or alive is eminem then two is Slim Shady. Then three is Marshall Mathers. Like, fuck you. <laughs> Just say you like white guys. Just say you, you're white and you enjoy white rappers. Just be real with me, okay? Like, I'm not going to lie. I think, <laughs> I think I just really hate that lyrical, miracle, spiritual rap. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. You cannot tell me. That you genuinely enjoy that shit. (laughs) Oh, you know what, right? This is what they sound like to me. Who would have thought that a white boy would bring hip hop back? Yo, I do it for the real hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Fuck Drake. 
I'm a spiritual lyrical individual, spiritual miracle, lyrical individual, spiritual miracle individual. Shout out to Filthy Frank. <laughs> Remember when they tried to cancel him? That was the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. They didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know Joji used to be filthy Frank. That's fucking hilarious. But the main point stands. That whole lyrical miracle backpack rap is just trash. It's just trash. Like, honestly, as a man, as a guy, would you ever play that kind of stuff in front of a girl? Like, <laughs> what are you trying to do? Scare her? That's not going to put her in the mood. That's just going to scare her, bro. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> just leave these ways leave these ways a backpack rap being superior it's just not it honestly isn't eminem is not superior he's not saving hip-hop all he does is insult anyone who doesn't actually rap rap at all like honestly who has he battled don't even mention motherfuckers from eight mile okay that was a movie <laughs> he's battled mariah carey and he barely battled ja rule like Really, really, his biggest battles were against Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, <laughs> boy bands, Britney Spears, and Mariah Carey. Just, just white pop stars. This was white on white violence constantly from that man. And you, you lot still support him? Sickening. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, enough about me attacking Eminem who's filthy rich so it don't really fucking matter but for some reason he's so sensitive even though he takes the piss out of everyone else so eh who would have thought anyways in actual news related to the show Sony has bought Bungie for hold on let me just check 3.6 billion 3.6 billion god damn. god damn the fuck they do that for <laughs> 3.6 billion Jesus why why? 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 Oh my god, 3.6. How many destinies you man gonna make? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I know they made, like, they were the original creators of Halo, but they don't do that now, so I don't get it. <laughs> don't get the point. They just have destiny and that's really it. Is this just Sony giving Microsoft a finger? <laughs> Like, oh, you want to buy shit? Well, I can do that as well. <laughs> Listen, Sony, you guys need to focus on making some more PS5. The streets is starving. The streets is dry right now. A lot of a lot of people want a PS5. A lot of people are struggling to get a PS5. And you lot out here just buying companies? <laughs> Build a fucking factory. Make them chips and give some fucking PS5 to all these kids that want one. <laughs> Also, in Sony-related news, Horizon Forbidden West. I think I got that right. I keep mixing it up because I keep saying Zero Dawn. It would have been so much easier if they were like, Horizon Zero Dawn 2. But no, they want to make life fucking difficult and they want to call it Forbidden West. Why? Because Alo wants to go to fucking California. <laughs> Where it's all sunny and there's no fucking running water. Yeah, uh, Horizon Forbidden West comes out soon. And remember, guys, no pre-orders. Like, we are not pre-ordering. We must make that a mandate. We all must learn from the mistake of Cyberpunk 2077 because oh, that shit still kicks me in the balls when I think about it. It just... 
oh, that shit hurts. And the nerve of them to be like, yeah, guys, so, like, we're committed to quality. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck what quality, mate. Yeah. I still remember half the textures loading in. Shit looked like PS1 graphics. Fuck me. Still hurts my soul. I'm not even going to lie. Oh, God. It still, it still kicks me in the bollocks. But, yeah, I just recently seen that they are planning on doing a PS5 version. And, um, yeah. Ooh, we can only hope that it's actually good. Also, as of recently, Rockstar has confirmed GTA 6 is a thing. It's real. And stop begging for it, basically. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for GTA 6 because it's just going to be online. <laughs> it's just going to be a shark card. That's, that's the whole game. Buy more shark cards. And yeah, if you didn't get sarcasm, I am not looking forward to GTA 6. It's... Yeah, it's just going to be... I guarantee you it's just going to be an online game. I would not be surprised if it's a Battle Royale. I would not be shocked by that whatsoever. Just an exclusively online game. Because I don't think Rockstar gives a shit. There's one game, one sequel that I want. I don't want GTA 6. I want Bully 2. A sequel to Bully from the PS2 era. That was such an underrated game and it was so amazing it was so much fun and yeah i need that <laughs> i need that you know and I, I, I want that I, I i don't understand why rockstar won't commit to a sequel to that game and their reasoning is because it's not as relatable as gta this how the fuck is gta relatable i have never once robbed a car <laughs> i'm not out here you know paying for hookers and then killing them afterwards and jumping out of planes and all manner of shit there's no flying bikes and all sh none of that is realistic or relatable so i don't know what the fuck they're talking about yeah give me bully 2 i don't really care about gta 6 <laughs> if it comes out and it's enjoyable i'll still i'll probably buy it it's just to kill the time really but it's it's nothing it's an it's a nothing game and rockstar isn't the same rockstar that gave us gta 3 there is no level of freedom within those games you have to stick to a clear path that's dictated of oh no we have this plan like you guys can't get off this trail don't leave this don't do this don't move here don't kill this character now you can kill them later on when we say but not now fuck that shit yeah just nah it's just not for me at this point i really hope gta 6 does turn it around and rockstar does prove to us that they are still committed to making good single player games but gta 5 did not impress me even the online i i was so fucking bored playing that game story-wise it's just bollocks trevor's a whole rapist like <laughs> oh like trevor was an edgelord of a character and he was just a rapist on top of it and you're supposed to be just like oh look guys it's so funny he's got his balls out bro just raped three people this is not okay but you know <sighs> rockstar's satire on like modern consumerism and the world <laughs> it's just bollocks mate like the level of humor in most rockstar gta specific games is 14 year old cringe humor it's really fucking bad or oh, facebook more like life invader am i right <laughs> fuck off
But yeah, that's enough news for today's episode. I've managed to attack Rockstar, Eminem, <laughs> the naming of the Horizon franchise. I really wonder if they're going to do a full trilogy. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, Sony's got to compete against Microsoft owning Activision and Blizzard at this point. I would not be surprised if they start pumping out more and more trilogies. Like Last of Us 2 did not need to be a thing. It should have just ended in the one game. But they were probably like, yeah, we need a sequel here, guys. Because we need to... We, we need to be in the green right now. We can't be in the red. So uh, you make a fucking sequel. And yeah, what a fucking disappointing sequel that was. Listen, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. That story was not clever. It was not amazing. And it was nothing new. This form of revenge storytelling is nothing new. Fucking Hamlet exists, guys. <laughs> the storytelling of saying, hey, revenge is bad, guys has existed for fucking eons watch any cowboy film for fuck's sake <laughs> just fuck off i still can't believe people defended that storyline being like oh but isn't it amazing it shows you that revenge is not that good and ellie might be evil herself it's like yeah it's it's a fucking nuanced world it's a gray world we live in but Listen, you can't fucking try and judge me as you're telling me to kill people. You're not even giving me choice throughout the game. Fuck Naughty Dog. <laughs> I'm still fucking annoyed by that. And I'm more annoyed by people defending that game as if it was like some avant-garde fucking storytelling. Like, fuck you. Jesus Christ. I get it. You lot went film school. And you just want to be as bourgeois as possible and bougie as possible. Just came across as absolute cunts that I ain't even fucking watched any bit of media in the last decade or so <laughs> like any bit of fucking media has revenge is bad guys as storytelling like that has been a plot device for fucking decades now killing is bad oh my god who the fucking knows i'm not here to get judged while i play games okay the idea of revenge is bad it's fucking existence in hamlet for fuck's sake shakespeare <laughs> fucking embarrassing it was genuinely embarrassing how people defended that game and that storyline just fuck off and now back to your regularly scheduled program sorry i dedicated way too much time being angry <laughs> to that i apologize new listeners just reacting like oh my god is he always like this listen i'm not bill burr okay i'm not gonna always be this angry it's just when i think about that and the people that defended that game i just think to myself I really hope, I really, really hope that pretentiousness is not a genetic trait because fucking hell. <laughs> Could you imagine how horrible that would be if <laughs> being pretentious turns out to be a genetic trait and <laughs> they've just infect the world, the next generation with more pretentiousness. You thought hipsters in Shoreditch were bad. Wait, wait. <laughs> Just you wait until the generation that thought Last of Us 2 was riveting storytelling has children. <laughs> oh, it's going to be horrible. Anyways, I apologize for being distracted as usual. 
Today's episode, we are focusing on the movie, The Tender Bar, available on Amazon Prime. Stream it there if you want to have a watch after listening to this review slash somewhat discussion slash somewhat me trying to pick my brain apart to find a semblance of a rational thought. <laughs> okay, so The Tender Bar is based on the memoir of J.R. Moringer. Moringer? I have no clue how to say his name. <laughs> With JR himself being played by Ty Shreden. Shreden? Who the fuck is coming up with these names right now? I thought my name was hard. <laughs> Shreden, Shreden. I don't know. He might be related to Barbra Streisand at this point, the way I'm pronouncing his name. <laughs> and they also have Ben Affleck in the movie, one of the biggest stars. And you cannot forget, they've got the motherfucking OG. The original gangster himself, Christopher Lloyd. I was frozen today! It's worth a watch from that alone, let's be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it is a very interesting film. It is a period piece. So the plot line of the movie is based on his memoir that explores his journey of becoming a writer, beginning from 1972 as a young child, moving into grandparents' house with his mother, because I'm gonna be honest, they don't really explore the circumstances of his mother apart from the fact that her boyfriend or husband i don't know they don't really specify whether it's a marriage or just a relationship which i do find kind of weird i would have preferred to actually know the dynamics of that relationship because it's not explored at all at no point during the film do jr's mother and father share screen together it's kind of weird but you know at the same time it's kind of interesting because it could possibly be alluding to the fact that there is no relationship there at all anymore and that the only commonality that these two people share is JR and even then you don't ever really see JR's father because he is far more absent in JR's life than, <laughs> than I think anyone's father I mean Jesus Christ this man is a piece of shit like real scum <laughs> and the mom, an absolute angel. She deserves everything that she gets in her life. <laughs> she deserves everything and anything. Great woman that. What we do get is that JR's father has abandoned JR's mother. That's about it. And you know, with that, now she has to move back in with her parents. And with that, we start to see how JR is influenced and impacted by his uncle, who's played by Ben Affleck. I'm gonna be honest, he's the star of the movie. Like, he's not the main character, but he's the star of the movie. He is the most enjoyable character in the movie. Which does explain why JR does look up to his uncle because every scene that Ben Affleck is in, he steals the show. Like, he steals the scene from Ty Schreiden, Schreiden, however the fuck you say his name. <laughs> the impact his uncle has on his life makes sense because you are impacted by Ben Affleck's performance. It makes sense why JR would be inspired by him. But, and that's a very big but, I'm talking JLo size but. Yeah, I know, such wit. Shakespeare, eat your heart out. Am I right, people? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It makes me laugh <laughs> so hard that you have Ben Affleck playing a character who owns a bar considering he's an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> like he's an alcoholic in real life and he's here playing a character who runs a bar <laughs> i 
the director was placing a lot of trust in his ability to have some self-control. I mean... <laughs> I mean, we are talking about a man who left the girl from Knives Out, Anna de Armas, for J-Lo for the second time. Even though we clearly saw that they lack a lot of chemistry. <laughs> what was that movie they were in together? It was... Oh, it was terrible. What was it? Geely? Geely? I don't fucking know. A terrible movie either way. But yeah, I, I still can't believe. <laughs> I still I still can't even believe George Clooney directed this. A lot of George Clooney's projects are quite boring, but this was somewhat enjoyable. There's a lot of parts of it that is very slow. I mean, the whole third act should have been cut down. It really could have been condensed. But the character Charlie Maguire, Ben Affleck's character, is honestly the best part of this movie. Genuinely, the family dynamics within this movie is great. It's great, it's very relatable to anyone who's in a chaotic family that has a lot of love and a lot of direction to give a young child, an only child especially. But honestly, the scenes with the uncle is the best because I'll be honest, JR is a twat. Not as a child, obviously, but as a young man. <laughs> but I guess that's expected because who wasn't a cunt when they were young? But JR's a special kind of cunt. He's just. He's just such a fucking loser, Jesus Christ. Like, JR's desire to be a writer is overshadowed by the fact that he is just not writing. He is procrastinating and saying to himself, he can't write anything as great as the Odyssey, mind you. Odyssey, not really that great. I don't give a fuck about what Omar's got to say. <laughs> Listen, in the modern 21st century, <laughs> the only Homer anyone cares about ends with Simpson, alright? No one gives a fuck about no Odyssey. <laughs> Unless you're in university and you're pretending to give a shit or you're a pretentious cunt, let's be honest. Most of the time during your watch of the movie, you will be screaming at the TV screen like Shia LaBeouf just screaming, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Already, because he's just so unwilling to take that step into the world of writing he will do anything else that is associated with writing but he will not commit to putting himself out there the only form of putting himself out there he is doing is in terms of his first romantic relationship and that is with the character sydney and i'll be honest with you sydney is a horrible horrible person she <laughs> she is top tier for the streets she is for the streets. She belongs to the streets. Facts. <laughs> but the main point of the movie is to see the evolution of JR as a character and his growth as a young man from, you know, a child to adolescence. And yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Parts of it was very enduring to watch, but parts of it, I just was there like, you are fucking pathetic. <laughs> you will genuinely find JR so pathetic. <laughs> Like, honestly, you will find JR so pathetic due to his relationship with Sydney because I have never looked at a human being and thought to myself, you lack so much self-respect that you are so desperate for this relationship, this affection from this one woman. And it is just sad. He suffers all manner of indignity and disrespect all for this one woman. And I don't really get why he goes through it all. I will, however, give JR some credit because 
Sydney is a black character and <laughs> I mean like for JR to be into the sisters like come on come on you gotta give him some props a bit of respect like <laughs> bro this is 1970 to 1980 they don't really specify what point in time he starts dating Sydney but come on my G like <laughs> he's up there with the Italian guy from Bronx Tale and Robert De Niro at this point <laughs> but yeah many points throughout the film you get the sense of this old timely world of what it meant to be a man and what it meant to have your life together ben affleck's character charlie consistently says all you need is a car like let's be honest charlie is about that midnight club free <laughs> that midnight club free lifestyle <laughs> but yeah a car some money in your pocket and a stable job i think it's quite refreshing it is a positive movie there is no sense of massive existential dread Apart from the moments of JR stressing about Sydney and his future and what he wants to be as a writer and I think this is a very good film for any young adult who's currently at university <laughs> kind of worried about life but in terms of the movie it's an interesting one because there's a lot of dull moments and I just feel like that's George Clooney's style of directing. The man really struggles, like really struggles to kind of bring energy to scenes and i just i just don't know why that is the only times that the scenes come to life is whenever it's ben affleck's character or christopher lloyd's character if i'm being honest with you every other character apart from jr usually steals the scene i don't know what that says about ty shriden shriden <laughs> barbara streisand's nephew <laughs> I, just, I just love how i'm just going along with that now yeah, I just, I don't know if it was the actor himself or it was just the character. And it's weird to say character because it's based on a memoir, so it is JR himself. And yeah, it just felt somewhat pretentious. I mean, a lot of aspects of the movie is quite pretentious when it's discussing literature. And it's, it's an interesting watch. I would recommend it if you have Amazon Prime. I would... <laughs> If you don't have Amazon Prime, there's no point really like going out of your way to watch it. But if you do have it, I would recommend streaming it or illegally downloading it. I didn't say that. Who said that? <laughs> Last thing I need is Jeff Bezos, the bold cunt, coming after me. Anyways, in terms of the movie, it's an interesting watch. I don't really have much to say about it because I don't want to ruin the plot because it very much is a movie that I feel like people should watch and judge for themselves. But I would say if you're going into it, go into it with an open mind of I'm probably not going to get a perfect ending. And in all honesty, that third act can be condensed the fuck down. It drags. The movie drags for way too long. But that is the issue with George Clooney movies. Like a lot of them overstay their welcome. A lot of them. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the guy, but when it comes to his films... He takes fucking forever, like forever, and yeah, it's fucking annoying. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I didn't know George Clooney directed this movie until I did research into the movie, and yeah, once I saw that, I was like, oh, I, c I can clearly see this is directed by him because he has that kind of style. It's seen in 
that movie the ides of march and that was fucking boring as well i genuinely felt like i wasted my time watching that there was same thing no clear ending no resolution you got no sense of closure but at least with this film ben affleck is a fucking star in this movie i'm not gonna lie christopher lloyd also so at least you get those and those two make up for how badly this movie drags on in the later half and the strange strange directing style of george clooney that makes him make scenes so fucking boring and drag on and make characters just seem more cuntish than ever <laughs> anyways that has been the fourth episode of the hole in the wall podcast and yeah i apologize if the episode was too long i can completely understand <laughs> that feeling i just had so many tangents today and just had to go over the movie and try to be as detailed as possible in my review so i do apologize if you found the episode too long and yeah usually episodes aren't as long as this this is a rare exception so yeah i do apologize so that was the fourth episode of the hole in the wall and yeah i hope you guys enjoyed a somewhat more serious approach to movies for once I mean, I'm quite proud of myself, to be fair. I didn't take the piss that much, and I actually stuck, stuck to the movie, the plotline. I mean, I did get carried away when I started talking about fucking Jeff Bezos, Jesus Christ. You know, for as much money as he's got, i got to give him credit. He didn't get a hair transplant. Like, <laughs> look, that deserves some fucking credit. Elon Musk went and just fucked his hair up immediately. <laughs> he was like, yo, slap me that fucking hairline, boys. Yeah, came back from Turkey with that crisp, crisp hairline. Him, Machine Gun Kelly, all these cunts. But Jeff Bezos, he was like, yo, I'm rocking the boldy. I'm doing a Michael Jordan. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. That was the fourth ever episode. Why did I say ever? That was the fourth episode of The Hole in the Wall. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This somewhat more serious episode. More refined. This was a more refined, more gentlemanly episode. <laughs> and yeah, if you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed waffling, you can show some love. Show me some love. Show, show me some love, god damn it. Show me some love, man. It's almost Valentine's Day. I need a bit of love. So show some love on the Spotify and Apple by leaving a review and hitting that follow button. I really do appreciate that and helps the show a lot. It goes a long way towards the show. And yeah, let me know what you thought about the movie once you eventually watch it. Let me know if you hated it or if you enjoyed it. And yeah, let me know if you thought George Clooney's a bad director in the way that I think he is. And let me know if you think... <laughs> <laughs> ben Affleck is as much of a fuck up as I think he is because damn man I'm, I'm rooting for my dude to just turn it around and he just keeps fucking up every way <laughs> you just look at some people and you're just there like you are a colossal fuck up but I I really enjoy your movies man I need you to turn this shit around apart from that weird bootlegging movie he did that was just boring Jesus Christ but the town Argo, to a certain extent, his portrayal of Batman, top tier, top tier. But yeah, you can let me know your thoughts by contacting the show. 
So you can contact us at the hole in the wall pod at gmail.com. That is the hole in the wall pod at gmail.com. And yeah, you can also follow the show on Insta at hole in the wall pod. That is at hole in the wall pod. Tag the show. Let me know if you enjoyed the episode and share it because it truly does help the show. Tag us in it. And yeah, you can also. <laughs> I'm struggling to say it without laughing at this point. You can also donate to the Patreon. Yeah, we still got a Patreon. Yeah, we still got a Patreon. <laughs> you got to pledge allegiance to the bag. You just got to do it. The Patreon is at patreon.com slash the hole in the wall. I repeat, that is patreon.com slash the hole in the wall. But yeah, I don't mind if you guys don't donate because, yo, this show is for you. This show is for me as much as it is for you. And it's just so much fun to do this show. I mean, it does help the fucking show. I'm not going to lie there. It keeps the show fucking going. Helps me buy some equipment. <laughs> like, we are on the free trial of Logic Pro. I don't think you guys understand <laughs> how broke we are when it comes to producing this show. And donations will just go towards purchasing an actual Logic Pro. <laughs> will actually go towards the software. I really hope Apple doesn't hear this. The fucking nerve of me posting this on Apple Podcasts was saying, Hey, yo, I am producing this whole podcast through your trial. <laughs> and yeah, as I said, all donations go towards making better content for you guys and girls. Remember, the analytics are there. Yeah, this is not just an all-male <laughs> audience. I mean, I think I'd have one if I was those weirdo alpha male podcasts where I'm just there like, what do you women bring to the table? <laughs> just, I, I genuinely don't understand the point of all these relationship podcasts because it just descends into your gender's bad. No, your gender's bad. And that's really it. Can we all just admit we all need each other? Can't we all just get along? That'd be nice. Fuck knows why these podcasts are so popular. I think most people are just bitter about things. And they just look to others to confirm their bitterness and to, you know, co-sign their bitterness. And it's just, it's just fucking stupid at the end of the day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I go off on these tangents. But yeah, as always, I'm thankful that you listen to the show. And I still consider you fucking amazing. Even if you don't donate, you're gorgeous. Like, come on, man. Like, all the people that listen to this show are fucking amazing and gorgeous. Yeah, if you're a guy, you got a big dick. If you're a woman, you got a big dick. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, and with that, I'm signing off. Regular episodes every Monday. I repeat, every Monday. And you'll be hearing from me next Monday. But in terms of next week's show, we actually have a surprise for you. So you're just going to have to wait for that. It is actually going to be a very good episode. I'm not going to lie. I'm very excited for you guys to hear it. I am not looking forward to recording it. It's going to take a lot of fucking work. But (laughs) it's going to be a good episode. And I really look forward to you guys hearing that. And yeah, whatever it is, as always, there will still be an attempt to entertain you through the Matrix mainframe. This has been The Hole in the Wall. My name is Sergeant Ali. And yeah, you hear from me next Monday. So yeah, whatever time you listen to this, have a good morning, evening, and good night. And you hear from me next Monday. Yeah, that's right. We're still ending it like the Truman Show. (laughs)
Peace.